0: Hello, everyone. I hope everyone's having a good day. Uh, today is the 11th of January of 2022. First First, first podcast of the new year. And tomorrow we'll be having resuming our Wednesday nights, uh, the meal at six o'clock, followed by classes for all ages. And we would absolutely love to have you. The meal will be again at 6, and, and the classes will begin at 7 p.m. And um, we will cover tomorrow night in class the remainder of chapter 7. So, um, like I said, it's been a little while. I don't even exactly remember the date of our last class. I know it was a Wednesday sometime before Christmas uh, that we covered 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 12-24. through 24. Again, that's 1 Corinthians 7, 12 through 24. So if you'd like to take just a little bit of time, uh, press pause on that, and it'd, it'd be good to read through that, uh, those 12, 13 verses. I'll give you some time to do that. Okay, hopefully you've had the time to take a look at those verses and, um, and see we're still in the middle of this discussion on marriage. And when we jump into 12 through 16, we're covering, um, quite possibly, um, some people that, that might not have fit the categories, if you will, of, of Paul's beginning, um, uh, just his his recommendations as well as commandments when it comes to um, when it comes to marriage. Um, so this is kind of a little bit of a gray area that that some might not fit into those particular verses. Also, as as we know and as we've looked, um, the entire letter written to the Corinthian church. is uh, is taking place while there's correspondence taking place between Paul, who's about 225-250 miles away from the church in Ephesus um, at the time, and there's continued correspondence, it seems like, taking place, um, either face-to-face by people coming to see him or by letter, and he is presented with a number of questions to answer in this letter as he's writing the letter. And this possible question, like I said, we're, we're in the second half of this letter now, and basically everything that he covers, it seems like, is an answer to um, questions that have been given to him. Now, here is a possible question as we look to verse 12 and the following verses. Uh, and it looks like a question like this might have been asked of him should a christian separate rather than be mismatched and what that means um, a married christian uh, who came to christ after their marriage now remember coming to christ is still a brand new thing the church is is still very new and um, we're talking first generation here so you would have that situation i mean it still happens today as a matter of fact people come to the lord later in life they're already married they come to the lord but their spouse does not so the question very much could have been this should should okay is that is that mismatch a bad thing is 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 the christian made unholy by by the non-christian in their marriage what's this look like should they should they separate rather than be you know kind of mismatched here um so paul is going to answer that question in these first few verses here and he makes it really clear in verse 12 he says this is not the teaching of christ see christ did talk about as we looked at last time we're together. Christ did talk about marriage. He did talk about divorce. He talked about these things. Um, but this specific area he he did not talk about. Now, this does not mean that Paul is saying that his words have no weight to them. He just makes it very clear. This is my this is my recommendation. This is not the commandment of the Lord. So then he goes on to say, um, verse 12 and 13, that, that if a husband who is a believing husband has a non-believing wife or vice versa, a, a believing wife has a non-believing husband, if that non-believing spouse agrees to remain with them, they should not separate from them. Okay, um, he makes that that very, very clear. And then verse 14 is something that we need to be very careful about. Um, when it comes to biblical interpretation, probably one of the most important rules of, of good biblical interpretation is this. Context is vital. As a matter of fact, it's kind of a phrase. Context is king. And this is a very good example of the trouble you can get into when you do not remember that. Because look at verse 14. I'm going to read it. It says this. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. For otherwise your children are unclean, but now they are holy. So, what in the world is that getting at? Because sanctified means to be made righteous, to be made holy, to be cleansed. So, if this is all we had in the Bible on this subject of holiness and how we become clean before the Lord it would look very clear it would look very much like I should say that borrowed faith is a reality in other words the faith of 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 myself can save somebody else or if I'm non-believing, their faith can save me. The, that 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 does not jive with the rest of scripture. Faith is a very personal thing. it's between an individual and the Lord. So uh, what is he getting at in this verse 14? what what is the point of this? Well, we'll get that question answered as we look down and we look down to verse. 15 and then verse 16. Now, let's cover 15 just for a second. Um, He talks about how we are to strive for peace in our lives. Some of these situations, he says this, if the non-believing spouse wants to leave, do not force them to stay. Um, We should be people of peace. Um, so he's not saying, like, like basically enslaving them to the marriage, saying, no, you cannot leave. You're not allowed to leave. Um, if they want to leave, they should be allowed to leave. Again, this is speaking of a mixed marriage, meaning a believer and a non-believer. But then he goes on to say this in verse 16, But try not to let that be the situation. Verse 16, he says, How do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? So the point he's getting at here, if you pair that with verse 14, it does make it very clear that this individual, this non believer in the marriage, is not saved by the faith of the believing spouse. That's not the way this works. What he's getting at is, how do you know that your example, your humility, your unconditional love for them might win them over and they see that you are this way because of your Lord. And then they desire to want that same Lord. So this is the point we're getting at here. It's, it's, it's this, it's mixed marriage has uh, missionary potential. In other words, maybe you can win your spouse, maybe you can win your children, who, if they are non-believing themselves. Um, now, one thing I want to very, very much point out here, um, and this is for those of you who are younger who might be listening, we talked about this in class, Um this is not Paul saying that go and marry as a believer, a non-believer. Matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, he talks about um, binding ourselves, whether contractually through business or different types sorts of things, or the most important binding that we have in this side of, of, of our relationship with Christ is, is the marriage bonds, the marriage binding that takes place. And he says, do not be unequally Bound together or unequally yoked. So this is not saying, okay, um, I'm gonna marry this non-believer because I really love him and I'm gonna win him to the Lord. Um, that that can be very much a recipe for um, disaster and and discouragement, disappointment. Um, that is not what we are supposed to do. This is talking about people who come to the Lord after their marriage. All right, so going from there, Um, Paul kind of breaks away here in in the remaining verses, verses 17 through 24 a little bit from from marriage, and then he jumps right back into it for the remainder of chapter 7. And he takes just a, a moment to say, be content... In the position in life in which you were found when Christ found you, um, and he 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 brings up those who are circumcised, those who are not circumcised, those who are married or those who are not married, those who are married to an unbeliever or those who are not, those who are a slave or those who are a free person, a free individual. He says, "Be content where you are. Be content there." Um, Put your energy, rather than changing your situation, put your energy towards the kingdom. I mean, that would be a lot of have to do with with the missionary potential within a marriage between a believer and a non-believer. Put your energy towards winning that spouse to the Lord. Put that energy, same energy, towards winning others to the Lord um, in different areas of life so like i said they're just for a few verses paul kind of breaks away from the marriage talk just for a second and then we jump into verse 25 through the remainder and he gets right back into it again so that's what we're going to take a look at um tomorrow evening Uh, i very much hope you can join us again meal will be at six o'clock and um, following that will be class for all ages at seven o'clock, and we in our class they'll meets in the sanctuary, we will cover the rest of chapter seven. Hope you're having a good day. Hope to see you tomorrow evening.